0: Okay.
1: No risk involved, right? No. Like,
0: nothing bad going to happen. No, going So, take it away. Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast is a co-production of Verso Studios and the incredible new Westport Library. With me, Trace Burrows.
2: And me, Makes Burrows. And uh, I'm going to start off with a very cheesy poem. Our guest today loves writing haiku, and it is our pleasure to bring her to you. She is Westport's Poet Laureate and will be telling us the story of it. So, Diane Lohman, how do you do? (laughs) I thought you were going to say story. Can we have a round of applause? (laughs) What else rhymes? Give me credit. What else rhymes with laureate? Oh, my God.
1: You got me there. I don't think every, anybody's ever written a poem for you <laughs> <What> <laughs> oh, I that, was a, that I, I may, I may just keep that. <laughs> Very cool. So, is that called doggerel?
2: what is doggerel? Isn't that what? Isn't that like bad poetry? Doggerel, or I don't know. I, I should have let it to up. Look that okay. Up now. I don't know why. Oh, no, two it's, things I didn't notice. It's the word doggerel. Anyway, Diane Lohman is Westport's official
0: poet laureate. Our first. Uh, are there other towns that have poet laureates?
1: There are 27 soon to be 28 towns in oh, Connecticut. That wow. do Ridgefield is just in the process of uh, nominating selecting one but there's a Connecticut poet laureate who's actually coming to town in June to Earth Place and um, 26 seven others Yeah there's so a coalition of Connecticut state poet laureates. If you're you all gonna, it.
0: Are you all going to get together and yeah. we, we have, do, you? do yeah. a poet off? A slam, literally a slam. slam. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, a slam.
1: Smackdown, poet smackdown. <laughs> yeah. or, s- or just smack. I yeah. <laughs> <smack laughs> <smack. laughs> <laughs> <just, laughs> can't imagine what that would look like, you know, poets throwing words at each other. I don't
2: know, yeah. And what do you... I mean, is it collegial? Is it kind of competitive? Is it like yeah. you know, I'm catty? Yeah, no, no.
1: I mean, anything but. They were super welcoming when I kind, you know, I thought like there'd be some initiation, like you oh, know, yeah. fraternity hazing or something. Oh, yeah. I, had a, board. I had had a <laughs> defined dog rolling come up with some <laughs> <and they defined laughs> <them. laughs> laureate. You know, she failed, um, but they just they sort of send emails out about events. They will promote events for you. Um, we all got invited up to Hartford and got certificates from the Senate for being Poet laureates, And so, no, it's a very, it's actually a very sweet group. There's one from um, Milford coming down to read in Westport in, in a couple of weeks.
2: No, I should know because I was on the committee that nominated <coughs> right, you or whatever. Right. But I wasn't in the anyway, in the weeds of it. In but, the trenches. But um, what were the qualifications or the requirements? That so,
1: you know, it's funny. I felt like it was like a college application. Uh, there was a personal essay and sort of a resume with your experience, two two letters of recommendation. Yes, yeah, so it was, and then interviews. So, hmm. I f- it was a pretty rigorous process. The joke, you know, I was so delighted when I found out I got it, and the joke in my family was no one else applied. I was saying congratulations. You were probably the only one. I was like, well, thank you for yeah, that there, yeah. glowing support, and you know. Um,
0: oh. So, how do you I'll know what to do as a? You know, how do you? D- yeah, what's your duty? Do- you what are they defined? Do they you define your?
2: Um, I have no clue. Oh.
1: Yeah, I have no clue. It's definitely um, making it up as I go along because the committee was great about sort of uh, stating their goals. Their goals were to create community through poetry. But then one thing that they asked during the interviews was, "Well, how would you do that?" And I didn't really know what a poet laureate did I still I'm not quite sure that, that I do every time someone says what do you do I'm like nah, whatever I feel like really. well, yeah, that's it you yeah. made <laughs> it your own <laughs> yeah, I'm making you know. it up but I mean that was one of the things in the interview that we talked about is how how do you see poetry and how do you see a creating community and what kind of things would you like to do so the next poet laureate of the town might do it very differently and that's great right that yeah. it, they should wh- whoever does it should make it theirs I don't know what others do I mean we had it, it would be interesting to get together with the coalition and find out well like what's this sort of day-to-day month-to-month thing for you but I really am just winging it and it's so much fun you get paid nope.
2: no it's honorary <laughs> no which is wonderful because I know you're at a lot of places and you volunteer to be places and it's it's really a, a great addition to... Now, one thing you do is... Um, well, I have one question first. Is there a, is there a, limic, a limerick uh, laureate anywhere?
1: It's you know, <laughs> funny. I, um, I'm going to have to find out the all the answers, and then okay. you're going to have to have okay, me back. Because sure. yeah.
2: um, I, I would apply for that. I
1: <laughs> haven't um, heard of one, and most of the other poets write sort of free verse yeah. or some write sonnets it, i'm not aware of another haiku one and certainly not of a limerick one but i'll bet they have written them it's probably just too hard to say limerick laureate yeah but anyway yeah. so yeah you're alliteration t- it's <laughs>
2: um yeah so haiku so explain for most of us who don't know what haiku is what what is it
1: so it's a it's a pretty ancient japanese poetry form that um in, in American translation, and it is all in translation, so it's not exactly how it appeared in Japan originally, but it's a three-line, 17-syllable form. So it's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. And historically, they were about nature, kind of observing the sky and cranes flying. and But of course, now and here, um, westernized and modernized, they're kind of all bets are off. And I see a lot of haiku that doesn't even fit into the 575, which is fine. There's kind of no rules in poetry. But it, yeah, but then for, it's for not me a haiku. It pro- yeah, yeah. And it, right. And for me, it provides like, structure.
2: Yeah. You know, It's like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're serving sushi, but it's
1: fried. <laughs> chicken. Right, yeah. it's fried chicken. <laughs> it's fried right, chicken. <laughs> right. it. It's spaghetti with meatballs, <laughs> right? Yes. But it, we're calling it sushi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's wrapped in seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, for me, it's like a discipline, you know, getting it into that
2: yeah, format. I, so, yeah, and in the sense of art, you know, we have to do something within a frame and exactly. limitations of the medium. Right. If yeah. you're using
1: a camera, right, there's things you can do, you can't do, depending on... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it is a discipline. I mean, I started... I, I'm really not a poet by... Um, originally or by nature. I write creative nonfiction, and... Um, you you may know this, but my oldest son Dustin is doing an MFA in poetry at the Art Institute of Chicago. And when I sent him a couple of my poems way, way, way back, you know, I took a stab at it and he he uh very kindly said to me, Mom, these suck. Don't write poetry anymore. Excuse <laughs> <He>, me, <and coughs> he said, just stop, like go back to your creative nonfiction, stick with what you know. So I started the Haiku because they were short and condensed and I thought, okay, I'm not gonna get too epic and, you know, sonnets and hmm. and and so that's where that was born and I think I have almost 2,000 of them now.
0: Wow so um you're really into Shakespeare I read. I
1: love Shakespeare.
0: So how did you you probably obviously read all the plays. I have I've read
1: I, I have read them all at least three times some of them more. Um, the ones that I had to write mm. papers for. I, I cannot remember. People ask you know, when and how <laughs> it started. I, I remember reading Romeo and Juliet, probably ninth grade, and at some point I became obsessed, like crazy obsessed, and read them through college and would go to see whatever production I could see. And then after the kids left home and I was sort of bored and wondering what to do next, <clears throat> excuse me i decided if i were really a shakespeare fan i had to read all 38 of them mm. and then i blogged about each one it was like an assignment and that took three years and then when they were really out of the house i ran away from home and went to <laughs> Stratford upon avon and did an m.a in shakespeare studies for oh. 13 months uh, yeah it i remember a years reading ago.
0: shakespeare in like hmm. ninth grade and i was like and totally lost And we didn't have a good teacher you need a good teacher to to explain um the the word you know it's it's like poetry i guess right and i mean the way he talks about stuff that i didn't understand you know i was like totally in the dark
2: and he and yeah that's interesting is was that the language of the day or is that his particular is that what makes him great is that he kind of invented this yes and yes way of communicating he, both. yeah people I mean, didn't speak was, like that on the street He didn't
1: speak like that on the street but the language was very much of the day so it would have been easier to understand but mm. he wrote a uh. lot in iambic pentameter a lot of verse me. <clears throat> so um, the answer is really yes to both. But your point about it's a lot like poetry. I mean, some of it is poetry, but I the way I feel about poetry comes from how I feel about Shakespeare, right? Shakespeare was intended originally for people that came to the globe and threw apples and tomatoes and poured beer all over <laughs> each other. right? It's not a highbrow thing. And I think poetry is sort of the same way. It's storytelling. it's It's communicating. In fact, it, it re- literally was communication because it's easier to remember something in verse. It's like songs. I can remember "Build Me a Buttercup," but I can't tell you like the person I met yesterday <laughs> yeah, what their right. name is. Mm-hmm. But ask me to sing "Build Me Up but- don't, don't Don't." But yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. But um, so I think they're meant both meant to be accessible and unifying. Rather than you know you you need six degrees to read this play and and it's only for special. It's not. It's 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 the common person so that like that's what i want to do with poetry is make it Hmm. not scary not elite but accessible right Mm -hmm.
2: and what is a sonnet is there a definition of a sonnet 14 lines
1: yeah and um uh, iambic pentameter rhyming couplets the first let's let's see um 12 lines are rhyming couplets and then the end um I'm sure I'm not sure I got that right, but the, the end two are are sort of like like with haiku where the last line is often sort of the punchline, the last two are sort of like the message. So Shakespeare's a big sonnet guy. And we actually have someone called the sonnet man. Really? Coming in May. Oh. I met him in Stratford. What? He's a Brooklyn based rapper mm. and decided that he wanted to make Shakespeare accessible. So he raps the sonnets. Oh. And he goes all over the country to inner-city schools. He doesn't change the words; he just raps the Not there, the straight it's up. I just wow. saw one. I, I just saw one on um, YouTube that I posted on Facebook, and he his name is Devon Glover. He'll be here May seventeenth. He's amazing. Another way to kind of get it out, to right? The, yeah, yeah.
2: So, is there? What's your take on you know? There's been controversy. Did Shakespeare really write? everything, and and what's what's the So So the the answer to that
1: (laughs) is is sort of, yes, like, you know, like with the, was that the language of the day, and, (coughs) you Mm -hmm. know, Um, there's a really strong feeling (coughs) among the academics that I worked with in Stratford, it was the Shakespeare Institute, um, that uh, this nonsense that it was Francis Bacon, or it was really a woman, or that's all. Right, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> sure. I just did. <laughs> I could have said something worse. Yeah, yeah. Um it's Shakespearean. But, however, <laughs> yes, yeah, I could have come over. <clears> He's got <clears> a couple <throat> good insults. But, but playwriting um, and theater in his time was very different. It was all collaborative. So it's very unlikely, and, and we, we, when I say we, the sort of Shakespeare academia has a pretty good idea of which ones he wrote alone from language and rhythm and patterns, most of them he collaborated with people on. So, you know, o- oh, Oma, I'd say probably a third, I'd probably get scolded if I didn't get that right, you know, maybe a third <laughs> fully. He didn't do alone. But then when you know that, it's really obvious when you see no. his bits, they're better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Fletcher and Beaumont and um, Christopher Marlowe and... So there are a lot of different people that contributed. It, they did
2: it in those days. Would they have like a writers' room where they right. would just sit there and with their quill pen, t- or uh, or would Shakespeare write something and messenger it to you know send it on horseback to somebody? And they God, would I wish we back, knew, right? I,
1: I I think it's more the former. Yeah. I think they sat together in a room by the theater with the actors right there because Shakespeare owned the company that he worked for, part part owner. And I think literally they, they were working the plays out and they were like, no, romeo mm. has got to say something better. You know, okay. like King Lear has yeah. to look a little more miserable <laughs> than he's looking right now. Take his, you know. And so I think they fed them, they they kind of edited and, and wrote. And there was also a lot of influence from, we can't say that in front of the queen or King James would be upset. So I think things were very interactive, yeah.
2: Now, yeah, who, was he, uh, what do they call him? Not prodigies, but, you know... Um. When, the, when you're writing at the request of what was he writing for yes before the, the very I mean
1: coin? yes I think and again there's a lot there's so much sadly that we don't know you know they're always trying to sort of figure new things out and we always hope somebody will discover something but there's pretty limited information but it's it's we do absolutely know that Queen Elizabeth really enjoyed the theater so she would have them come in and there's you know conjecture about plays that like um merry wives we think that they wanted something funny sort of in between all the henry's and (laughs) um, you know misery and tragedy and (laughs) everybody dying and you know um and macbeth was sort of right after she died and james came in and it's about Scotland, where he was from, and he believed heavily in witches. So there's lots of witches in Macbeth. So yeah, I think they definitely knew their audience. You know, were kind of writing things they thought they would like. Yeah, for sure.
0: Do you have a second favorite writer?
1: James Joyce, Big Ulysses fan. Yeah, just the light stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sort of like night table reading. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that was so. T- Difficult to Overwhelming. get Overwhelming. I mean, it is probably, like you Trish, said, it, it's the, the, the teacher has a lot to do with it. Because if they can guide you into it and make it accessible and, and make it kind of contemporize it or somehow relate it, but it was all like, just read this. And it was like, you know, it's hard to get
1: through. Which is like an awful way to present it. Yeah. Because it really is, you know, just like Shakespeare, it's amazing. But you're absolutely right. You cannot hand a kid Ulysses and say, here, you know report on the first three chapters tomorrow. There's no way. Um, mostly it's about language, but I had a great... I went to Cambridge the year after Shakespeare and had a, an amazing Cambridge professor, and that was the third time I'd read through it, but the best time, because he really did. It was like a roadmap. map. And then, it, you know, so like the sky opened up and angels were singing. Mm. Oh, he came out of the grave and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, abso- it absolutely makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah.
0: So before you got in to this uh, poet laureate. And, yeah. Um, you worked on a container ship?
1: I did when I was, ni- well, long before, yeah. I was 19 years old. So what? it was between um, sophomore and junior year of college. And how many months on a mm-hmm. ship would ten, you Ten, ten weeks. <coughs> ten weeks. From New York to Australia, New Zealand, and back through the Panama Canal. German container ship, 32 German so soldiers. So you don't get me. seasick at all? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't get seasick unless I'm on a small boat
2: right i can't
1: wow. i can't go out on a sailboat
2: was there a lot of i mean heavy lifting and wh- wh- what was no
1: it was sort of a favor to a neighbor you know better than sort of working at arby's which is what my option would have been you know they said do you want to work on a ship and i'm thinking like love boat you know i'm julie, <laughs> julie with the like you know yeah. clipboard and <clears throat> yeah cocktails with umbrellas <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> good thing i didn't know what i was getting into uh-huh. probably but i figured it was better than staying home in suburbia and so it was sort of a favor they kicked the third officer out i later realized i got his cabin which oh. did not make me friends yeah. um i would get up at 5 30 to clean the bridge before the captain reported after that i'd set up the officer's mess for each meal uh, then mended linens for better parts of the morning Swab the decks literally swab the decks uh, but they didn't have that much for me to do. I was usually done by noon. And I think the crew also resented that because it was like this, you know. I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but I was doing a much easier job than they were.
0: Mostly men on the ship?
1: All men except for the, um, one of the cook's wives was a stewardess. And one of the engineers had a wife, literally, this is going to sound <laughs> Bad and sexist. <laughs> I don't mean it that way because it literally happened that he picked up in Brazil on a shore leave, <laughs> and she was. We didn't see much of her. She, <laughs> she kind <clears> of <throat> stayed in profile. her cabin, yeah. <laughs> and she didn't. She only spoke Brazilian, not even. I mean, Portuguese, not even German. No English. So she kept herself.
0: Was that challenging with all the? Mm, yes.
1: Mm, mm. Yes, yeah. I, I don't. I mean. My father, the look in my father's eyes when we walked up, I always call it the gangplank, which obviously it's not what it was, but, you know, <laughs> when we walked up to get on the ship, I'll never forget the look in his eyes. It was sort of like, what did I, hmm. ha- what did I get this girl into? I think vicariously he thought it would be a great idea. Um, we did have the assurance of the agent, the shipping agent, that everything would be okay, and I think the captain had read them the riot act before I got on board because they were mostly polite. Um, but it was really, it was really, there was no internet. There was no, you know, I couldn't, to call them cost $80 and you couldn't hear them anyway. And hmm. so I had no communication for 10 weeks.
2: Could you get off the ship at, at different ports? I did. Were Sydney,
1: Melbourne, Brisbane, um, Dunedin, Wellington, Auckland, in New Zealand. Yeah. But container ships load and unload very quickly. So that was maybe 10 days off the ship out of 10 oh. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, you when I was 19, I <laughs> drove my motorcycle to Montreal to get on a container, to work on a container Did ship, really? to get to London, and I was rejected. <gasps> Why? I, I don't know. I just wasn't... I mean, I had no, I wasn't recommended by anybody. I just, I was told, this is one of those, you know, before the internet, but it was the same kind of rumor that, oh, all you have to do is get, you can get a, jump a ship, jump a freighter. But you
1: can't people do this.
2: Well, I went to the ports in Montreal and I went from ship to ship to ship. And and all these container ships, some were craters, some were whatever they were. And I just said, you know, I want to work my way over to Southampton or wherever, you know. And I guess maybe I wasn't, didn't look like I could I didn't, wasn't strong enough or big enough. I don't know. It's just, so I spent a week in Montreal and drove back home. But. Well,
1: you know, the good news is you could do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah. it's called, there's actually a name for it. It's called a workaway rather than a oh. stowaway. Oh, okay. And many of the lines, and that's actually the, the intent of the position, is that people that want passage and room and board, you know, if you want to get to Australia mm. or England or somewhere and you don't have the money you work, and they picked up a couple <coughs> on the way back who were true workaways, and they, they worked. I mean, you know, th- mm. they painted the ship with everybody, and they did some very heavy lifting, but I know people that have done it now, like on the St. Lawrence, and so well, something to think yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> You might s- want to, like, go on the Internet first. It was, yeah, it.
2: but it was such a romantic notion right. at the time, and maybe it was for you too. But.
1: Hitting the r- yeah, absolutely, and the reality was a little different, but I'm glad I did it.
2: Any storms? I mean, any yes. treacherous yes situations.
1: Um, on the mostly good on the way back from uh, New Zealand, we it, the north, uh, the North Pacific looked stormy, so the captain took a more southerly route, and that <clears throat> ended up being worse. And there were there were I can s- literally see this now, sort of what eight thousand years later, where we'd sit in the ship, and normally there was like you know there's that like nice sort of rocking this was such that when it would go list to one side all i could see was the water and then it would list Mm. the other side and all you could see was like way up to the sky and that just went on for like days and days and then the boiler broke (laughs) and so you know normally the forward motion sort of helps to cut Mm. some of the so there's no forward motion so we it was just like this just a bath tub cork, cork awful ocean wow. yeah that was those were not happy <clears> days <throat> <laughs> and they wanted to put me in the boiler because <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they, they were punishing <laughs> <did>. you <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like it was like <laughs> Hansel <laughs> and Gretel Hansel and Gretel <laughs> ran out girl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just peeking a little further because I was <laughs> smaller than most of oh, the people um, on board and so they had drained it and thought um it called me out of the mess hall at one point and they were like would you you know would you want to do that and i said well no hell no i don't want to know you know and really oh it's fine you don't have to but uh, yeah i had visions of
0: well you had to do some repairs in there because you were they they wanted me to but i
1: I said i wouldn't go in i was like no i draw the line there (laughs) so what do
0: you do for entertainment on a ship i mean they have tv or
1: they had um they had rented movies so they had movie night once a week. Wednesday night was movie night. And most of them picked the movies. Well, they they would have they would ha- have brought them before oh, on board. Yeah. <clears throat> so like they had um, um, Bruce Lee movies, but dubbed in German. <laughs> no, well, <that'd> be funny. <laughs> so like I couldn't. I would just go to watch them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but most of them were dubbed in German. They had um, like a, a canteen night twice. A week, so I would work that. People could get cigarettes. And Holston Beer, they had a, a a holding area in the bottom of the ship that was, I mean, it was huge, that had nothing but cases of Holston Beer. And so we would sell mm. that. Um, they had barbecues on board. Sure. They had, huh. you know, they smoked a lot. which <laughs> seemed like a dumb thing to do on a ship, but. Mm. I I would, somebody taught me how to navigate by the stars. Yeah. Yeah, and I still did that.
2: So the other thing I've been become known for is this haiku on demand. Yeah. So how does that work, and <laughs> can we demand a yeah, haiku? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You have absolutely done that
1: right. I, I, my, 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 um, my motto with this whole poet laureate thing is: I say yes to as much as I can. So if somebody asks mm. for something, I say yes. Um, so I don't know if you've seen on like the streets of New York or I've I've seen them in many big cities where there are these sort of lonely looking poets sitting there with very old typewriters like Nina uses uh. or, and, and they do it for money. You know, you can come up to them and I did it in London once and say, you know, I want a poem about sushi and, <laughs> and they'll kind of type one out for you. So I thought, well, that would be a neat thing to do. And the haiku, it's much quicker, right? So I've been doing that at different, as you know. Mm. Thank you for including me in the holiday party. um, Different events. So somebody will I usually say, tell me something you're thinking about, obsessed with, angry about, (laughs) happy about, you know, someone you love, someone you hate, the first word that pops into (laughs) your mind, and and then I'll write one. And it's amazing because it turns out to be very um, sort of half confessional, half therapy. Mm. You know, sometimes they're funny. Like somebody did ask for a sushi poem. Did they really? Yeah. But then oftentimes you'll sort of get like, gosh, my dog just died or Mm. um, I've just left my husband or, yeah, you know, and and so I feel very honored actually to be asked.
0: Right. Can you make up one now if I throw a word at you? Yeah, yeah,
1: tell me a word. And then you'll have to talk amongst Can it be two words like just an idea? Yeah, Mm. and then you'll have to talk amongst yourselves, yeah. For the next hour. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back next week. (laughs) Make,
0: Make one up about an evil clown. (laughs) <laughs> so okay so i'm not trying p- to be challenging no no, no that's <laughs> so, great
1: It's so, uh, great, great we're
2: vamping i'll just ask straight have you ever written poetry in even in grade school did you have to write poems yeah we or anything? yeah you
0: know like because they always ask you to write a poem um so i don't i don't remember what that was like but i mean i write lyrics and out of songs oh, that's and that's right. like poetry because yeah, true yeah. it's got well it doesn't i know poetry doesn't have to rhyme lyrics are usually better when they when they rhyme um though once in a while you don't have to do that so i've been doing a lot
2: yeah, you know, I always wonder when you're forced. Like when I wrote that stupid thing at the beginning, I was you know, it was all about the rhyme, but it doesn't always fit. I don't know how they. um, I like you know. I was listening to Eminem. I forget the name of that they played at the Academy Awards oh, and his you Lose Yourself. You lose yourself. Oh my God! When he really so th- good. The the rhymes and and they're they're convoluted rhymes. I mean, but it's so satisfying when it comes out. You know, it goes round and round and. Yeah. No, I never. I remember. I memorized one poem, in my recently because I was asked to do this for the women's club. They have a Christmas thing, and it was um, the Robert Frost, um, whose woods these are. I think I know. His house is mm, in the mm, village snow. Mm, mm. He will not see me mm. stopping here. I
1: can't believe you memorized. As his that. woods
2: fill up with snow, my little horse must think it queer, without a farmhouse near. Between the between the woods and frozen lake, darkest evening of the year, he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds a sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have uh, <sighs> something to keep. I promises <laughs> to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before Isn't I sleep. Isn't
1: that lovely? That's that iambic pentameter, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to that da 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 da, da, which is like very much like a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It's very um. And you write haiku because you've written a couple. I
2: I did to you as a joke. I mean, to see if I could do something, but I've never written one. Yes, haiku.
1: Orange hair, spiked high. (laughs) Red lipstick smeared, all askew, stuck in my nightmares.
0: Ooh, wow. I thought you were talking that's about someone else for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but you, know what, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 oh, maybe she was. <laughs> just, you, know. you don't have to tell me.
2: Who <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that la- that last line might apply yes, as well. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Wow. Oh, that's okay, so, mix. That's so great. What do you want? What's <clears throat> your subject? Oh,
2: I was going to just do like a. About a pod, <coughs> excuse me, about a podcast. Podcast, okay. Talk
1: Which is pretty yourselves. generic. <laughs> <the world. laughs>
0: One time I heard Paul McCartney say about lyrics, he goes, "We just make up, a, a crap,
1: right?"
0: And people just read into it. I mean, sometimes obviously Even, from their songs it makes sense; it's a story. But sometimes you go, know, especially Sgt. Pepper album. There's just like random things, and he says we just make up stuff. And I re- when I realized that that was a great yeah. thing to hear because, and the Stones sometimes I because. A lot of their songs, you realize, like, just make up so, as long as it sounds interesting, uh, right? And, and yeah. it comes together, and it doesn't have to be exactly so, um, um, what's the word you know, uh, literal.
2: Well, anyway, we're I have a few seconds left, but so whenever you're ready, we'll just uh, wait, we we'll finish, it'll be a perfect finish for this, okay? No, no pressure, <laughs> no
1: pressure, but do it now. No, that's <laughs> right, okay? Yeah. We tell our airwave tales. Sending our messages out, talk in vibrations.
2: Oh, okay. What a perfect ending.
1: Thank you. Poet Laureate. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you.